Each day, we make a series of decisions, whether it's striking up a conversation with a new teammate, listening to a talk, reading an article, or stepping out of your comfort zone to help with the project. These simple actions, unbeknownst to us, are often a tipping point that set off a series of chain reactions that lead us down new and unexpected paths. They're always easy to see in hindsight, but what would happen if we could actually recognize and shape them as they're happening in real time? I'm Lisandra Lopez, and this is Live and Learn. In today's episode, I'm chatting it up with someone who knows a lot about reclaiming her peace, unlocking awareness, and being intentional. Jay Ellard is an amazing, authentic human being who happens to work at Microsoft. Her life-altering experience motivated her to learn more about topics such as work-life balance, conscious communication, and stress management. She is the Facilitation Excellence Program Manager within the Global Learning and Development Team at Microsoft. She is also a consultant, speaker, author, and a coach. Jay, welcome to Live and Learn. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Why, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. After that introduction, I'm sure people are wondering what exactly you do at Microsoft. Can you share that with us? Yeah, right. I know that like that's quite an introduction. I'm like, wow, that's me. Um, yeah, so I am here at Microsoft to help transform facilitation uh, from a skill that's mostly considered to be pretty transactional to that into a core leadership skill. One way to think about it is to help our leaders and help all of us as employees become more intentional about how we talk with people. And you can think about it as um, the difference between talking at people versus talking with people. And I guess that's why I'm here to help create a mindset change around how we enter into group conversations, both as the person leading those conversations, as well as the people on the receiving end of those conversations. Okay. Thank you for sharing that, Jay. You have such an interesting role at Microsoft. (laughs) Indeed Um, I do. (laughs) Yes, you do. And, you know, my role here at Nuance also consists of facilitation. So I'm always interested in continuously developing that skill. And I know that Microsoft has some great resources that you'll share with us later on. Yes, lots of resources. (laughs) Great, I look forward to hearing about them. Um, Jay, I know that you are a boomerang. You worked at Microsoft, left and came back two years ago. I'm interested to know what role were you in before you left and what did you do after you left Microsoft? Yeah, I um, I like to say that I've been in relationship with Microsoft um, since actually 2004. So I have mm. almost, oh my gosh, an almost 20 year relationship with the company. Um, my first tour of uh, being a, a FTE was in the corporate communication space where I was an executive producer for media for um, Mr. Bill Gates himself and Mr. Steve Ballmer which was an, a pretty incredible, amazing job on the internal communications team and also incredibly stressful and intense. That job led me to a uh, a collapse at work in front of my peers, actually, which um, was a pretty life-altering experience. Um, My doctor was like, you need to quit your job. And I thought, that's kind of a crazy thing to tell someone because I'm not really sure it's the job. I think maybe I have a little bit more to do with it than it being the job. I mean, the job was super crazy and intense, but it was this real wake-up moment where I 
had this awareness that maybe it could be possible. It was a high pressure job as well as um, the pressures I was putting on myself and the decisions and choices I was making for how to live and work. So that sent me down um, a, uh, I guess, a rabbit hole of information and learning and knowledge, trying to understand how I could be in the situation I was in and not really realize it. How could I work myself into like a stress collapse and not see it coming? Yeah. And a lot of people think, so I quit Microsoft immediately and I started my consulting company. That's actually not what happened. I stayed at the company for a year. And as I mentioned, I just started researching and making these small incremental changes, setting different boundaries, um, having more intentional conversations uh, that were difficult conversations about setting boundaries and work priorities and um, just awareness around myself and my energy management, like all the things. And then so many people, like the less I was working, and I'm kind of using air quotes there, (laughs) were like successful I was becoming. But I was just being very intentional about my work. And and so then other teams were like, hey, you're the lady that collapsed. Can you come and talk to our team about like what you did and how you changed? And that was when I realized there was such a need to bring groups together to have like set boundaries and, and have a conversation about a, a yes and or a no and. And as a group create what we now at Microsoft called team agreements. So that led me to start a company called Simple Intentions where uh, for about 14 years, I worked with teams all over the world. Microsoft was one of my clients, Amazon, Expedia, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, so uh, amazing. So, yeah, a lot of companies just helping people talk with each other. And so you see the through line is uh, there's always an element of helping people in group communication situations. And, and that's when I wrote all my books and um, a whole bunch of learning and development programs and uh, really started working with leaders and executives on how they're showing up in group conversations. That's wonderful. What an amazing story of of how this traumatic experience really opened your eyes and gave you a new perspective on how you wanted to live your life going forward. I also love that you said, you know, there were other people who were inspired by your story and were really eager to learn more about how they could apply those concepts in their own lives. I know I am personally always looking for resources for myself, family, and friends on stress management because it's a topic that a lot of people struggle with and don't yeah. always prioritize. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's tricky. It's difficult. And that's why uh, everything I do starts with the concept of awareness is just the willingness to see yourself and how you're showing up mm-hmm. and then have a, know that you're a choice to make a, a different decision around what you can control. Um, yeah. And it sounds super easy when we talk about it intellectually. You're like, yeah, I got that. And you're faced with really seeing like, oh, that decision might not um, be the most healthy or produce the outcome that I'm looking for there's a moment where you have a choice and um, our habitual patterns lead us to sometimes make the same choice over and over again. And so it can be very difficult and take years. People have emailed me over the years and have shared with me, like, it took me two years to figure out what you're talking about. And I finally get it. I finally have made the choice. And, you know, it's, it's really lovely. Yeah. And that's so interesting too, because I think people come to that on their own because it's truly not a one size fits all. That's right. Yeah, and all we can do is just share and provide information with folks. And you know, sometimes uh, people aren't ready yet, and yeah. that's completely okay. I wasn't ready for a long time. I had to like learn the hard way and uh, literally have like a you know burnout or a, a breakdown of sorts. 
until I was ready. And some people are ready before they get to that point. And mm-hmm. I think that's what propelled me to start my company and do the work I do is to just provide the information. So the time at which people are ready, they at least have a next step yeah. that they can explore and then find their own next steps um, in a way that's you know meaningful and appropriate for them and their level and their work and their life. Yeah, I love that. Providing them with the tools and resources to be successful when they're ready to use those tools and resources, right? Yeah. Amazing. So, so Jay, I'm curious, after starting your own company and doing so well for yourself, what made you want to come back to Microsoft? Oh my God, I get asked this question all the time. And it's just, it's my two year anniversary this month. So it's a very appropriate question. Well, congratulations. I still can't believe we're back as an FTE because in a lot of ways I still run kind of my, and again, I'm kind of doing the air quotes, my, my business, my facilitation <laughs> excellence business, very much as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so when, when this role came available, um, the manager I work with, Karen O'Neill, is an amazing, amazing leader and manager. He really had um, a strong idea around wanting to significantly help shift the way we look at facilitation at Microsoft. And there's a concept called Leaders Teach that's often talked about where we really are working with our leaders to have them be more mentors and advisors and, and coach and empower the conversations. But one of the ideas with this role is to really transform facilitation into a leadership skill that all employees can be skilled in, um, having the confidence and comfort to be able to lead a group conversation where different ideas and perspectives are heard. And I was so intrigued by that because it ties to what I've would call my life's work is is helping mm-hmm. people talk with each other. And let's face it, the scale, scope and scale at Microsoft that the sandbox we get to play in is just so special and so unique and has such impact all around the world when we work with our employees and leaders in the lives that they touch inside of work and outside of work and our customers and partners outside of Microsoft. And mm-hmm. it just felt like a, a beautiful challenge that was in alignment with um, you know, some of my personal desires and motivations around the work I do. So I said, yes, and here I am. <laughs> I love asking this question to boomerangs because I'm always really genuinely interested in what brought them back to the company, right? And um, I'm really glad that Microsoft saw how awesome you were and wanted to partner with you to help change the culture and mindset of leaders. So well, welcome back and happy anniversary. Thank you. I mean, come on. The people here are so rad. Like I meet the coolest, smartest, most amazing people like every day in my job. And I'm like, that is just fun. That makes work fun. Yeah. And super exciting too, right? Yeah. Um, That's fantastic. Jay, how do you bring those important concepts that you've learned, such as resilience, stress management, and boundaries into the workplace today? You know, it's, it's, I think of it truly as like a daily practice our daily habit, like one would think about like having their cup of coffee or, you know, doing their morning run or whatever you do, that's a a habitual pattern where it's really just every day having the idea that awareness really is a business skill. Resilience comes with our willingness to see the world around us and and again, how we're showing up in it. And when we Mm -hmm. can slow down enough to see what's happening at kind of a individual level as well as a systems level, then we can begin to make, again, going back to choices, different choices about how we're managing our work or or how the team's showing up or how the business is impacting outcomes. And we can move in a direction with more intentionality. 
instead of that reactivity. And I think that's the the core when we get to talking about resilience is sometimes we act really fast and quick and the awareness helps us slow down and uh, be a little less reactive. Mm-hmm. It's that um, zoom out mentality that we talk about in Microsoft or the language that um, you'll hear in the Microsoft culture is also that on the balcony skill to really have that third party lens and step back. And and then that helps us with our language as well, because another part of resilience is is the words that come out of our mouth. <laughs> where, where we're feeling stressed or constricted or in that like very like risk adverse scenario, we might speak without really thinking about it. And um, that's like a tie to kind of some nonviolent communication thoughts and techniques, but we're really going to slow down like what's coming out of our mouth here. Um, and is that going to help, you know, be more resilient in this situation to build more trust or to deepen communication? Or is that going to be reactive words that might negatively impact um, relationships? Um, so that's how I approach that. <laughs> Many times when I hear people talk about awareness, it's really from the context of self-awareness. So I enjoyed hearing about awareness as a business skill because I've never really thought of it that way. Awareness in our society right now, in the world, a lot of um, when people talk about awareness, it's very like a very me-centered idea, which part of it is, but I like to help people focus on the we part of awareness is your behavior is impacting someone else so it's not just like i need this i want this this is what i'm my awareness and like living my best life kind of self it's more about the we focus of when i make this decision quote unquote to live my best life this is the impact it's going to have on the people around me and my team and my organization and in the workplace um a lot of times the focus isn't on the longer term impact or the concentric circles of impact that our behavior, words, and choices have on others, especially our words. And it becomes really important to have awareness as a business skill and look at the lens of of all the layers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, super important. The yeah. we of awareness is really important, but it has to start on the me level. <laughs> yeah, and I think you, you summed it up really nicely with behavior equals impact equals intended result. Yes. Exactly. And it's hard. Again, like I mentioned before, this sounds so easy when we talk about it, but when you put it into practice after maybe a difficult conversation, you reflect and think, oh, wow, how did how did my behavior, how did those words just impact that person or people? Mm-hmm. That's hard work to do. And, and sometimes it's not pleasant to reflect and be like, oh, wow, that might have actually been a negative for the team. Yikes. How do I go back and kind of do redo that? You know, it's hard work. And uh, that's why um, it's very hard to ever like become a master or very accomplished in all this because it's a practice. It's a lifelong practice. And over time, you just get easier. It gets easier to see like, ooh, that flew out of my mouth. That's probably going to have a negative impact. I need to go back and have a redirect on that or make a different attempt um, to repair that relationship. So you get, you just see it a little sooner and can go to action a little sooner, which again, helps with resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. So throughout our conversation, one of the things that keeps coming to my mind is the importance of knowing your values and realizing where you're not in alignment with them. So what are some of your values and how do they align with Microsoft's? 
Yeah, so when um, over the years when I've given uh, keynotes and talks, one of the things I, I ask people to do is make a list of how you spend your money and make a list of how you spend your time and like just be like super honest about it. Like if you watch 12 hours of television, you binge watch Netflix, that's fine. Just like make a list, <laughs> make a list of how you spend your money. Maybe you go like you go to Starbucks all the time or you have like a, you collect stamps and so you spend a whole bunch of money on stamps or vintage guitars, whatever. Just make the list. And then look and see how that list supports your values because how you spend your time and money are 100% gonna be in direct alignment to what you value in life. And if you're spending time and money on something that you don't value or on something that you don't like or makes you upset, odds are it's because it's not in your value structure. So that's like a really great shortcut to like check in with yourself. And the same is true in business. especially right now as as we look to the time of the year, right? We're looking to forecast for FY24. Companies and businesses will spend time and money and resources on things they value, right? So you can kind of begin to see a pattern here. And so for me, coming back to Microsoft, it was easy because I feel very much in alignment with Microsoft's aspired values as well as the values I see in the people here, right? And I know this is going to sound like kind of like I'm part of the cult, but it's true. (laughs) I find like a high level of respect among most of my colleagues, honesty and integrity, like it's real within the culture and the people here. And then like the innovation and creativity is like off the hook crazy. Like some of the people I talk to, I'm like, you're doing what? Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. And, And so it was an easy fit for me. And Sometimes when people are feeling really out of balance or really stressed out, um, they could be on a project or a team whose the values are really out of alignment, like they're not feeling respected or their their value around integrity is being challenged. And so when you know what it is is important to you, then it's easier to see when you're feeling stressed or anxious or angry, what value might be threatened or challenged. And then you go to the communication element, then you have data to have a conversation about. I just threw a lot at you there. <laughs> no, that that that's fine. So I just want to kind of sum it up. So what I hear you saying is the first step is identifying your values to figure out what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Second is ensuring that your values align with the company you work for. Yep. That way, if you're out of alignment with your values, you could check in with yourself to figure out where the conflict lies. Did I get that right? Yeah. And then maybe, just maybe you're working at a company whose values are like kind of neutral. That's fine. You don't have mm-hmm. to be 100% all the time. But as long as you're like top, you know, three or four values are, are being met and supported by not only, you know, your your organization, but even the, your, your friends and your social life, then you're good. You don't have to be, have direct alignment all the time. But on the big ones, that's important. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm, I'm glad we broke that down because I think it's important for listeners to really understand how that works. Yeah, definitely. And I think I, I truly, you know, another chance so going back to your other question. One of the things that I also love about Microsoft and the values is the model coach care um, method for our managers here. And that ethos didn't exist when I was at the company as an employee before. And I truly in my consulting relationship, I really got to see a very clear transformation from our old management precision questioning belief to this model coach care mentality. And I saw 
teams and human beings shift in ways that were so inspiring and super real, um, especially witnessing it from the outside in a consultant lens. Hmm. That model coach care mentality is like a perfect example of how we live our values every day at Microsoft. Is it perfect every day? No, because we're humans. <laughs> but I think it's a for real aspired to culture here in our management ethos. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that's something that maybe not everyone's familiar with yet, but they will yeah. be soon enough. And yeah. I love hearing that it is in alignment with your values. And I think that's, that's really important. Yeah, definitely. So Jay, the work that you do at Microsoft with human-centered facilitation and helping employees and leaders become more intentional about talking with people versus talking at people is so important. What tips and best practices can you offer to help keep this top of mind? The culture of storytelling, and not only at Microsoft, but just in the world, being like a popular you know, business and leadership tool, and then the TEDx you know, phenomenon, which is amazing and super interesting and fun, mm -hmm. has kind of uh, pivoted how people talk with each other sometimes in group situations where sometimes we feel like we're more presenting our grandstanding, like we have this TEDx kind of like uh, idea in our head, like how we're going to get up and talk to this group. We're going to tell them this great story. And we forget that a lot of times we need to be in, um, in dialogue. And most of these dialogues are, they don't really have an end. It's this, we're going to have one conversation, then we'll have another conversation and they're, they're continuous. And it's not a presentation that just has a beginning, middle and end and stops that when we're in this collaborative communication space and we're talking with each other, rarely does the conversation just end unless you're in a, like a formal training and you've learned your skill and then you're done. Right. And so what the human centered facilitation approach does is it helps people understand that we want to emphasize the relationship building part over the content part. And to do that, we need to slow down. We need to switch our mentality that for most things, it's not a training, but it's a conversation. And that conversation requires awareness to hear each other's idea, to be open, to hear, different perspectives and thoughts and uh, like genuinely ask questions about what does that mean? What's the impact of that? And then to know that these conversations are a process that um, continue to move an idea forward. If you think about things like mentor rings or pods or, um, you know, lunch and learns, they're about bringing people together to discuss ideas and those ideas continue to, to germinate and go and, offer up more opportunity for conversations instead of grandstanding and sharing, like pontificating an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And with the human centered facilitation approach, we, we break it down into four different elements to think about when you're having a group conversation is inclusion. Um, are we including all ideas, thoughts, and perspectives? Are we creating psychological safety um, connection, right? Cause there's a connection with the group, to the group and then within the group and then with the content. So how are we creating the connections or the links? And then reflection is just giving people space to slow down and connect to the content instead of just feel like it's a fire hose of information, which I know facilitators feel like they don't have enough time to get through the content. And most learners or participants are like, 
I don't have enough time to absorb all this. So <laughs> you know, kind of like forgetting about that, just focusing on that reflection aspect. Um, and then diplomacy, which goes back to the non-violent uh, communication mentality is, is we're going to disagree sometimes and that's okay. We all don't have to be a hundred percent in agreement, but what we do have to do is be kind and articulate with each other when we're having um, discord and as a facilitator, making sure that the conversation stays um, kind and appropriate and doesn't turn into like a violent conversation, right? A verbally violent conversation. And so that's another element that helps us focus on relationship over content is just the facilitator's ability to really ensure that this, all ideas can be heard in a, in, in a really opened safe space. And so that's really the essence of the human-centered facilitation approach and, and what I'm working on here at Microsoft. That's awesome. Thank you so much for, for sharing that and giving us some context. Yeah. What tools or resources are available at Microsoft for someone who's interested in learning more about human-centered facilitation? Yeah, so um, we have a human-centered facilitation SharePoint site. So you can um, just go right there and all the information is going to be there. We have a lot of self-guided resources. There's a series of, I think, eight short videos. They're all like two minutes in length talking about, you know, connection, reflection, diplomacy, the human-centered facilitation approach, what makes a good facilitator, kind of qualities that are a little non-traditional than what you think about it, because it's more than just public speaking, as we talked about. Mm -hmm. So some self-guided resources there. There's a couple um, tools that you can take yourself through to learn to go a little bit deeper into like how to embody inclusion in the role of facilitator, how to embody um, reflection, how to role model reflection, things like that. Coming in FY24, we'll have some practicum opportunities, just some opportunities to practice facilitation um, using some of these ideas. And then there's a facilitation network, which is essentially a team site where anyone can join. Um, right now, I believe that all of uh, Nuance employees will have access to that already, I believe. And you can join that network and we just share tips and best practices and ideas and also opportunities to volunteer to facilitate if you're interested in practicing more and learning this. So the Facilitation Excellence SharePoint site is your main stop and all of those things will be listed there. You can find everything there. It sounds like there's a lot of really great resources for employees to leverage on this topic. Um, I attended the Human Centered Facilitation Lab last year and really enjoyed it. I'm also looking forward to checking out the new on-demand videos that you recently recorded, Jay. Yes. And I think I'm part of the Teams channel already, so I guess all Nuance employees can access that. And yes. I am looking forward to, um, to signing up to facilitate some sessions on the Microsoft side, maybe ones we're fully integrated, because I yes. think it's also a really great way to learn more about the culture and different business lines. Yes, I love all of that. And I encourage everyone to participate and sign up and get involved and just explore. That's the one of the most amazing things about being in the Microsoft ecosystem, as you guys are all now, is there's so much to explore and learn and there's kind of something for everyone. So come come and come to the net facilitation network, see how it feels, see if you like it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. So um, thank you. Thank you for reminding everyone. Jay, thank you so much for your transparency and honesty with sharing your story, helping us better understand the importance of awareness and introducing us to the great work that you're doing at Microsoft. As we wrap up our discussion today, I want to ask you three questions so that listeners can get to know you a little bit better. 
Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no more questions. Okay. Um, so first question, what is your favorite quote and why? Oh my gosh. We don't have enough time for all my favorite quotes. Um, I think the first one that came to mind is a Maya Angelou quote. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm. That's one of my faves. What about that quote do you love? It's that, you know, having awareness sometimes, uh, we might even have a nonverbal exchange with someone we don't know that can change their day, like smiling at a stranger or being kind to a barista or petting someone's dog. You know, those, the impact your behavior sometimes can really make people feel a certain way. And mm. so it's not always about words and it can sometimes just be about actions that can even be between strangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom always says, you never know what someone's going through. Right. You never know. No idea. And to assume and make up stories is just entertainment and wasted space in your own head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know you said you've traveled to a lot of different countries. So yeah. I'm curious which one has been your favorite. Two places really stand out for me that just kind of make my heart flutter a little bit. And those are, I would say, Italy and um, Austria, Vienna. I do need to get to those two places because I have not visited them yet. So thank yeah. you. I mean, there's not many places in the world I haven't loved those. So that's a tough question. I mean, like, uh, so yes, I'll just stop there. <laughs> Last question. What interesting books or podcasts are you exploring right now? Oh, okay. I just finished an amazing book um, called The Status Game by um, William Shore, I think is is the last name, but it's called The Status Game. And it's a look at um, how status shows up in life in all different circles on micro and macro levels, like status just within like elementary schools and school kids and status in corporations and status in global mm -hmm. politics and status in, in uh, education and government and how we're all constantly playing a status game, which is kind of linked to survival and some neurology in our brains and, and how it shows up in the modern world and advertising and marketing and social media. It's just a fascinating book. Um, and then the podcast right now that I'm, I would probably say borderline obsessed with right now is the, um, on the, the center for um, humane technology um, has a podcast called Your Undivided Attention. And right now I am very into learning about AI and kind of the uh, implications to society and communities um, with AI. And so that's um, Your Undivided Attention is the podcast. Uh, and it can be found on the Center for Humane Technologies website. Those two sound really interesting. The book that you just read and the podcast. So I will definitely yeah. have to check those out. Yeah. All right. Well, Jay, thank you so much for your time today. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and it is always a pleasure to connect with you. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'm open to answer any questions or talk with anyone who's ever interested in learning more about facilitation excellence. So thank you for your time and welcome into the Microsoft family. If you were inspired by today's episode, don't hesitate to like it add a comment below, and share it with other colleagues. Thank you all for listening to Live and Learn. I look forward to connecting with you soon.